Education of our children doesn't begin and end at academia. There is a spiritual responsibility on each parent and teacher to nurture and train a young soul spiritually. This is called Chinuch. Join Rabbi G every Monday at 2 p.m. as he explores education and Chinuch for parents and teachers. Torah isn't education, it's transformation. 101.9 High FM High Chinuch with Rabbi G. We are back as we do every Monday between 2 to 3. So weird to say as we do every Monday since I haven't been here quite a few Mondays. Um, it's been a very full-time, a whole spiritual journey of everything we went through this past month. Um, lots and lots and lots of, um, I guess, holidays, spiritual, uh, the whole Jewish journey nature, I guess, was uh, packed almost into this month. Not all of it, but a lot of it. So I'm sure we've all been hectic in the last uh, couple of Mondays. But we are back, and there is so much to talk about. Before I even begin the show and before I even begin to what we're going to talk about and who are the guests, who is the guest on the show and what's going to happen today, there's a personal thing I got to share with all of you. And it's been really um, fascinating to me, although it's, you know, we try to be on radio relevant, relevant completely to the dates and this is maybe a bit off timeline, but I haven't been in the radio since, so I saved my, I guess, position to say what I want. So, I gotta share something with you. Uh, some of the listeners know, some don't. Uh, a f- couple of weeks ago, I was blessed with a young baby boy. He came to the world a bit early. He was premature, and we needed a lot of, um, uh, spiritual support, I'd say. A lot of davening, a lot of prayers, a lot going on for him. And it wasn't an easy journey at all, taking the time with our preemie new baby. The birth came right after a very hectic time in South Africa, which we were dealing just a few months ago, a few weeks ago, sorry, with the whole xenophobia issue. And I'm sure you know from my accent, from hearing the show, from listening, that I am, my larger family is not based here in South Africa. Actually, I have no family members here in South Africa. We're quite alone here. And it was the weirdest thing that we went through this at the time that xenophobia was going crazy in the streets. And at the same time, being part of the Jewish community, People were just knocking on our doors, calling, can we help? We know you don't have family. We know you're alone. Can we help? Can we share? Can we send a meal? Can we be part? And the community has been amazing. Prayers and just caring for my child until he got out of the hospital. And I was thinking to myself, I say, look how some communities can treat the foreigner and look how some communities can treat the foreigner. And going through the holy days that we just went through with that feeling and that thought that I'm part of a community, part of a nation, part of a group that um, looks at somebody who's alone in a country as a person who needs extra help, as a person that we are there for him, just made me so proud, so excited. And that's where I have to come in and thank you as a community for being part of this community, for being the people that stand up and say, well, um, we don't believe in going against foreigners, we actually believe that if somebody is here alone, we are here for them. And we as a community will come and give them a massive hug and make sure that everything is okay. So, 
that was just something to get off and and start with. It's a very, very busy show coming up today. And before we go, anything you want to comment about what I said, about what I'm going to say, anything you want to hear on the show, anything you want to get connected to on the show. There's a lot of feedback coming in through the past month. People I met, people I heard. So I always tell the people, instead of telling it to me in the street, send it to the studio. 34519 is the SMS line or Telegram. 061-895-1019. That's our Telegram line from anywhere in the world or 34519 is SMS line or you can even call in 010-140-3020. This past Saturday, I was walking in, in by one of the shuls and one of the leaders in the community walks up to me I don't want to say walk. I mean, he is older, but he ran up to me and he says, I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. There's somebody in town who's an educator who is um, running schools in the north side of uh, Israel, although he was born in Joburg, uh, is a South African boy, I'd say, but he's a full-time Israeli rabbi. Um, leader in Israel and he's here for a few days I actually think he's leaving tomorrow and he just st- started sharing with me all these amazing stories about education and on how things happened and what he was impressed with maybe we'll get to it during the show what caught him and what was he touched on so much um, or you know what I will share with you I'll take from his time and I'll share with you and he told me like this he told me that this rabbi who's here shared with him a story about a child who was really, really, really struggling in school. And no matter what he did, nothing picked up. Nothing worked, nothing happened. He was completely stuck. The team highlights in the school where he was principal, he's leading, is the boys' choir. That's like the top. It's like, I I don't want to, it's hard on this day after yesterday to say, like the rugby in South Africa, but it's like the top. And this boy who was really failing in every area, he was appointed. The rabbi said, you know what? This child doesn't even know how to sing. However, he appointed him into the choir and just told the producers of the choir, do me a favor, when we start the singing and everything during the performance, just shut shut off his mic. Nobody in the world will know. This boy who, and I'm making a long story short because I want to hear the rabbi, this boy who was completely failing in school, was chosen to be part of the school choir, came up to sing. Nobody in the world knew that his mic was turned off, and he was part of an amazing performance which changed his life forever. This child started achieving in school, started picking up, started going into an amazing journey, and he was never the same. All of that was done by this rabbi that I'm speaking about, Rabbi Raphael Vinet, who is here visiting from Israel as a South African who's been a rabbi many years in Israel. And I would call him in to say, okay, that's amazing, that's brilliant, I love what you did in school. How do we do that as parents? Where's our role as parents? How do we get to that? How do we start with that? To get to that, we're going to take a short ad break, and when we come back, we're going to start straight into the interview and the discussion. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. 101.9 FM, Hi We are back. Before we continue into the Rabbi Raphael Vinet, 
Okay. Good Hello. afternoon. Thank you so much for being with us. Hello. Good afternoon. So we started right before the break and we discussed the amazing work and amazing thing that you've been doing. Um, let's talk a bit about parents. Where is parents' role in this whole uh, schooling situation and system? It is very interesting. I've been uh, busy lately uh, persuading, if I could put it that way, parents that most of the problems, issues dealing with the children, challenges, we challenges uh, starts and maybe even ends between father and mother. If the parents will know really how to respect each other, when I say respect, it comes uh, the way you talk, the way you listen, the way you hear, the way you discuss, uh, the way you perform all your relationship between father and mother to each other, that's the way the children will also learn to listen to you, to listen to the mother, to the father, to listen to the teachers, to listen to the friends, to react, to know to do the right thing. So it's, it's fascinating what you're saying, because I asked you what is the first role that the parents need to do with their kids at home, and you're saying, actually, step number one is your relationship between the parents, the relationship between the spouses. That's more than even the relationship between parents and kids? Definitely. The minute the relationship between parents is correct, is done the right way, uh, even with all the emotional, real feelings, it reflects on the children. You can't imagine how much. Children have changed the behavior, have changed the respect to parents, the behavior in school, all because of the parents changing the attitude, working on it. It doesn't happen automatically. You have to spend time on it, build it up. But uh, after all, the essence of chinuch, of education, is built on the self-example they give and what the children learn and see, the way parents talk, the, the tone, the, the way we react, how do we, the, the, the face even, the expression, the hands, what the hands do, all the body, uh, what's the word, body... Body, body, body language and... Body language. Okay. Is all goes down, the children learn it, the children see it and understand it much more than uh, we even think. So, so you're adding, you're, you're putting a very, um, massive statement here. And I'm wondering, really, so then how do we deal with it? Okay, some couples are struggling. At the end of the day, some couples are going through very rough times. And there could be a parent, and there, I'm sure there are parents here that are listening and they're saying, I wish, and I'm doing everything I can to build my relationship with my spouse. It is not working. So does that mean, I have to compromise on my kids. What can a parent that is struggling in their marriage, is struggling in their relationship, or even separated, how do they come around this? Uh, definitely, it's a very hard question because... Uh, well, I make the guests work hard on this show. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the answer is that the parents will have to work harder, much harder, because they'll have to uh, refer to the children and know they're having a harder issue. Uh, the, ba- the maybe the I would I would say another comment will give that answer as well. If we would ask a question, a general question, which is true always, where will children get the power, the strength to to deal with challenges, to deal with their problems, with their issues between friends and learning? It's very interesting the answer. 
we give them the power. I'll give you a very simple example. When okay. a child starts to crawl, what is the reason afterwards that he learns how to walk? You see these parents walking, but it's a, it's a very hard effort. It's because when he tries to move, to change from crawling to walking, he only even stands up. Everyone around claps their hands, makes a, a big uh, show it's out a of party, it. Yeah, exactly. It's a big party. Never mind the first step. <laughs> it's, it's something uh, unique. Now the child reads it. He understands that he's doing something that everyone is, everyone is uh, happy about it. Everyone admires it. He feels it. And that's the way he gets power for the next step. And it's not only... You know, I, I have to stop you because it's, it's so fascinating. I've, I've spoken to many, edu- many educators. I don't think everybody put it in these words. But basically you're saying if your child takes his first step, walks two steps and falls flat on his face, we all clap and we're all excited. I mean, we make sure he's not injured, but we're all so excited. He took the first one step and fell. He took two steps. Why aren't we clapping when our kids get 80 on the test? That's they exactly... They went from 60 to 80. We should clap. That's exactly my next uh, sentence you stole for me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, When a child goes into school, suddenly everything changes. Wow, Moshe Lady did come only with 80. And if you don't say it in words, even if you only say it with your uh, expression, your face, as uh, the joke that says, Ruti, uh, why did you come only with 99? Next time, please come with 100. That means... It, all this goes down to the children, and instead of when they come even with a 65, to be proud of them, I know you did what you can, I'm so happy, and go through the question and, and give him so much support, and, uh, and uh, so let him feel that you're really happy, but it must be true, because you don't know what they're going through. The minute they feel that you're proud of them, even though they didn't bring what you maybe imagined they would bring, that will give them the power for the next step. Even if you got an IQ of 155, if they don't get that at home, they will fail. Because we need to be there and give them the respect. And yes. Thing. Especially okay. children, they want it from the parents. Uh, from other people, it's also worth it. It's uh, got value, but not like what they expect from the parents. The parents is a, is a confidence. The parents is one that gives them the best uh, power to... To, to stand in to the stand standard. strong. So, you, but you're talking about two different topics at the same time. On the one hand, we're speaking about the relationship between the parents and between the, and how the relationship goes with respect. And on the other hand, we're talking already about how we're encouraging our children from parents to kids. And I think we need to define. And I'm wondering, still, I'm going to go back to the same point that we spoke about when the marriage isn't working or the relationship isn't working. How do we work and say, okay, there is conflict but it doesn't take away from respect because every child is going to go through some conflict through his life. It doesn't matter if it's with his boss or with his neighbor or with his friend or with his colleague. I'm sure there'll be conflict. If not, then teach me your secret. And then we want him still to deal with conflict with respect. So can, maybe can we get some guidelines? Can one of the spouses that's listening and say, okay, I'm in conflict, but how can I come into conflict with respect to influence my child in the right way. If you, as an individual, can still give your child a self, a good self-example, that means you can even tell your child, I'm having a hard time, it's not easy for me, uh, but still be calm when you wish your child. Give him a good example 
after your challenge, after you upset, what's your next step? How do you deal with your next step? Definitely, it's not easy, but if you understand how important it is, how much influence it will have on your children, then you have get the power to do it. Right. Okay. So, so then, if you can have an, you're touching on to an open relationship discussion to actually empower your child to get to that strength. Okay. So now, now that we kind of touched on to the role of the parents, uh, as I said, and the role of the school, let's start talking about uh, the relationship between the school and the parents. Um, I know that Israel is different than South Africa and every country has its own unique things. But there is always this fine line of respecting the school and protecting my child, let's say. Sometimes a parent is kind of uh, disagreeing with the school or agreeing but has some concerns. How do you view it as the other side? As this, I know you're also a parent, but how do you view it as an educator, principal, leader? Uh, that question I actually once discussed with a big mashgiach, uh, uh, he passed away about a year and a half ago. He was one of the close people to the Chazamish. And uh, I told him what I thought, and he was very, very happy about it. And he said, that's the right, right way to do it. We have to understand, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made parents with the biggest, uh, you have to give me the word in English, Nigir. Uh, touch. Touch. Understand. No, not, not understand. Touch. Touch, touch. touch to the children. And... For, for, as a result of that, if you would see in the street someone curse your son, curse your daughter, what would you do? You would bomb up. You will blast. Your, your reactions will be very, very strong. The same way, if I come as a manager, come to a parent and say, I've got problems with your child. Your child is a bad boy. He, does, he, he doesn't know how to refer to, to his friends. The parents, was a, because of the touch, they will straight away will start to... Defend, 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 okay. and that's normal. Where comes the other way to do it? When you come to the parent and you say, we've got a problem with him. We don't know how to deal with him. Can you please give us a idea? Maybe you've got a way that we can do it. We want to do your idea. We take the same uh, power of, uh, that the Kaddosh Baruch put in our nature, or that the touch to the children and we turn it over. Then the parents are the first one to give you the best idea to put so much effort in. They will do anything to help the child the minute we don't come and blame the parents. So you're saying that conflict many times between schools, educa- educators and parents is because the approach towards the parents wasn't respectful, was blaming, and was criticizing the parents and the kids? 100%. And if you change it, I can give you an open check how it works. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Okay, we do EFTs here. But guaranteed that <laughs> the child will, uh, the parents will participate with any difficult situation. Very difficult situations even. And the, okay. the results are unbelievable. Okay. So let's say a, a, a school is... Your child's in a school and, and you know the teacher wasn't trained by the rabbi here and the teacher is not um, approaching in the right respectful manner. What can a parent do instead of exploding, which is natural as you're saying, but for the benefit of the kid to try to change things around? Uh, the only aid I can give is what Chazal say. Uh, the expression in Chazal is, panim el panim ken leva adam, which means the way you feel in your heart is the way 
your friend, your fellow, will also feel in his heart. Therefore, I will tell him, take a Tehillim, or three times a day when you daven Shemunah and pray for the success of the, the teacher of your, of your son. Pray of the success of those that deal with your son, and really pray. Really go into it and feel it, and try to move aside all your feelings and turn them over. And love the teacher and be melamed schus on him on things that he might not do well, and uh, the, and the, uh, the result will be that the teacher will also start feeling that way accord, uh, towards your, you and towards your son. I've done it with uh, teachers and children and parents, and it worked. It worked uh, very very strongly. Even uh, you're saying even more than that. Not only um, that it's about. The teacher actually, um, um, showing love and caring to the teacher. It's actually praying behind their back even and hoping that it will change and things change. Yes. I once told a teacher that came up to me and he said, this child is problematic. I don't know what to do with him. He actually, he, I want you to send him out of school. And I told him, you're wrong. You feel that he's attacking you personally. And the whole week he was arguing with me about that issue. And after a week he comes to me and he says, about say, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Net say you what? Well, what can I do? I said three times a day, Shmona Shma Koleinu, please pray for, uh, pray on this child that he will able to to uh, to stand with all his problems and do what he has to do. And he came to me the next day, and he said it was very hard. I couldn't even take the words out of my mouth. I said continue. And after, I'm telling you, it didn't take 10 days. I saw the two of them walking in the, in the playground, hand by hand, his hand on his shoulder, and they just get on so good together. So uh, that has to be a, a tremendous connection between the principal and the teacher because it, it wouldn't normally work in a normal situation um, without such a bond. But I guess you do have that um, connection. A, yes, definitely. So, so, that, so, that does, so that does work. Okay. One of the big topics that I want to, to touch on is – how to start identifying challenges. How do I know if my child is coming home from school and complaining because they're just having a hard day or a hard term or a hard school year and a difficult relationship with the teacher? Or there's really um, real issues that need to be addressed, such as uh, learning dif- uh, challenges or other neurological issues. How do I identify between those two categories as a parent? Usually a child always does, uh, he's, uh, account- he does his accountants and he always wants actually to succeed in life, whatever his life is at his age. Uh, so therefore we have to listen carefully what he's talking about. It's good enough if we sh- understand him, share his challenges, don't give him any solutions, don't give him any ideas, just listen to him. The minute we listen to him and we try to understand him, the next step we will see if he calms down, that means it's a real problem that he's trying to deal with and he, and he will, uh, he will find the solution. The minute it continues and continues and continues, that means he's in a, he's in a state that he can't actually deal with it and then we have to check deeper what, what the situation is in school. Right. Is it fair to say that kids, if they can, they will do it? They will make it? Because kids do want to succeed. 100%. Children want to succeed. 
Children want to to be good and to give the parents real nachas to uh, make the, the teachers satisfied with them. That's the nature of a child. Even if he's a, a let's say uh, a child that will uh, 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 let's say a naughty child, he still got that inside his heart. The same way as he knows he won't put his hand in fire. He knows also that he has to. He wants to get a good relationship with his teacher and he's looking for the way. And that's what we have to see and learn. Actually, he's trying to find his way to get the relationship, the good relationship with his teacher and parents. It all takes I time. Agree. I have to say the majority of kids that are being naughty that I've met in school are actually kids that – I'm not talking about the kids that have real uh, neurological or uh, learning difficulties. Yes. Majority of these kids – um, gave up. They're just because they believe that they can't ever please their parents or teachers. And once they get that belief back that they could make their parents happy and they could make their teachers happy and they will be good enough, they're back on track. Right. Do you agree with that? That's a hundred percent. We just have to find one connection where we can put him on the first track and from there it will go. We continue going up. Yes. Okay. We do have to take another sh- uh, short break, I'd say. And when we come back, we'll start going into identifying and working through specific difficulties, etc. Um, before the break, I do have to say that, because um, quite a few people have trying to get messages through, um, somebody even came to the studio to say, unfortunately, messages are not coming through, um, some arrow, and the website is not, is apparently down. So, short break, and we will be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9 We are back. And again, I'm apologizing that the messages are not coming through. Um, I'm sure we'll get them eventually and then we will deal with them. Um, in a fascinating discussion with Rabbi Raphael Vinet from a South African boy who made it all the way back to Israel and became one of the at big educators and leaders up north with a whole massive empire of school that he runs there. And we started to discuss right before the break about self-esteem and communication and how to um, build the child's self-esteem. And I want to talk about that a bit and understand, like, A, how important it really is and how much is in our hands and how much is just genetics and friends and schools. And B, we'll get to B afterwards, but obviously is how to deal with situations that you do need to punish and complain and say something to your child. But let's start with the self-esteem, I guess. Uh, I would say that doesn't matter what your child is, his self-image is created by us. If we take a child and we tell him hundreds of times, you lazy, how do you get dressed? Why are you so disorganized? And uh, obviously it, it has a tone that not said so quietly and uh, calmly. Uh, we're actually making him like that. We're the ones that are making him disorganized. We're making him a schlumper. <laughs> we're making mm-hmm. him, uh, we're making him uh, to be always late. All like, but we, we're doing, but we're complaining about something existing. That, but if we can, we can change the way. If we, instead of all the time criticizing when he does it wrong, to say, "I'm so proud of you. Today you made an effort. 
and you didn't leave on time, but you left two minutes earlier than yesterday. I'm really proud of you. That not only gives the power to to uh, to do it the next day, another minute earlier, but we're not making him, we're not building his image on the negative way. And it goes to whatever we say, whatever, whatever we criticize, and we use it again and again. It's not education. We're actually destroying him. We're destroying him and making him go down and down. And uh, even if we say, why did you go to show? Why every time I have to push you to go to show? We're causing him not to go to show. But if he goes once... Because? Because we're giving the topic and he's taking it and he's accepting it. And he's, that's the image he's building for himself because that's what we are telling him. It goes very valuable what the parents say, but also what the friends say and what the teachers say. If we, instead of that, will say, you know, you got, I saw you went to Shul on Shabbos, I'm really proud of you. And every family and every parent in their words, and that's what they talk about, and that's what they express, and uh, uh, th- that will build it up, slowly, slowly. But not only that we won't get done, it slowly, slowly will be built up. Okay. So we do have to take another very, very short break, but when we come back, so then then how do we approach our child and say, well, this is something that needs to change? 101.9 High FM, High FM, Quick break. We'll be right back. High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9 High FM, High FM, We are back to the last final part of the show. Um, to the concerned listeners who sent the messages, thank you. Um, website is back on and working. I hope the messages are coming through. So... I guess better late than never. Thank God we're back. So, right before the break, I was in the middle of a discussion with Rabbi Rafal Vinet, and we were discussing, although it's so important to build a child's self-esteem, but then I want to hear from you, because at the end of the day, there are times that we have to stand up and tell a child, listen, this is not okay, this is not acceptable, and you can't behave this way. Then how do we do that? I'll divide my answer into two. First thing, in principle, a punishment causes causes distensions from the child. It's not a close affair. It makes him feel uh, back. Distance and unheard. Yes, but it's true that we have to use it sometimes. First first rule is not to react immediately. He did something wrong. You can punish him tomorrow, in two days' time, in three days' time as well. Who said it has to be immediately? Immediately is always involved with your anger. It's very, very hard to re- to refer immediately to something that you did wrong without anger. Wait a day or two, sometimes even three days. You calm, you think about it, you refer and react the right way. That's uh, first. Doesn't it become too late? It's never too late. If it's chinuch, it's not late. If you want to be the strong one, so you want revenge. To, it's late. Then it's, it's late. Him, then yes, that's okay. exactly. That's and it's that's that's very one point. Yeah. But there are some times that you do have to refer immediately. But I'll give you an example how you do it. Uh, a father told his daughter she's 15 years old. This is a true story. The door gets locked at 12 o'clock. I mean, not South Africa that at nine o'clock you don't walk around anymore. Israel, open place, lots of people. He told her, you finish with your friends, you're home by 12 o'clock. The door gets locked. Well, it worked for a few days, maybe for a few weeks, and then came the day, 5 past 12, there's a knock on the door, because the door is locked. And there, 
But he has a, an other side of the door And her father comes to the door And says yes what can I help you He says Abba please open the door for me He says no I told you 12 o'clock 12 o'clock the door is locked Abba please I can't open you I love you but I can't open the door for you Alright I'll cut it short Then she A few minutes later she knocks on the door She says Daddy, I'm hungry. I didn't eat supper. He says, wait, I'll take care of that. He went to the kitchen. He prepared all the things she loves to eat. Not a slice of bread was cheese. The things she loves, whatever she loves, it took her 20 minutes. She did, he did for her supper. He took it out the door, opened the door, and he gave that supper to her. Well, she was in a shock. Half an hour later, she knocks on the door. She says, Daddy, I'm afraid to sleep here outside. It's, 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 it's frightening. It's dark. He says, you know what? He took out two chairs. He sat with her outside the door until the sun raised. And when it came then, he said, now nah, it's finished. Now you can come into the house. And she fell asleep outside on his soldier. And uh, it was a very, very beautiful wow. picture. But you understand, it never happened again. And the punishment wasn't painful, was really chinuch. Wow. Wow, that's really, really, really amazing. I wish we have more. We had more time. We don't. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Rabbi. Thank you so much for being with us. I know you have one more day left in South Africa. Is there any way to get a hold of you if anybody wants to speak to you directly here in South Africa? Yes, I'll be happy. I'll leave you. My cell number 082-854-9201. And even afterwards, if they can get contact with you, you can give my uh, other I details. I can give the details, Rabbi GSA at gmail.com, no problem, or through the radio, just send in a message. Thank you, Rabbi, so much for being with us. This show has come to an end. I cannot end it without taking one second of saying goodbye to Rabbi Yehuda and Jody Goldberg leaving town today. Um, next week we'll have to talk about what they've done in the past year, how they've changed, changed, changed education in South Africa and fascinating, but they're immigrating to Australia on the way to the airport now, so have good luck and I guess Australia won. 101.9 Chai FM Chai Rabaji, we have come, this show has come to an end, we will be in touch again next week, 2 to 3. In the meantime, do good things and stay safe.